Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. There's a construction going on outside, and I've been waiting all morning for it to stop, and it hasn't. So I'm going to record this intro anyways. By the way, it is Saturday, so really, I'm not going to be a Karen, but I really want to call and be like, what are you guys doing? We've been home all week listening to you. Finally, it's the weekend. Anyways, that's very uncharacteristic of me to start on a negative note. So why don't I just like totally undo that and start with a positive note and say I am having um, some positive news as well, including the fact that I am headlining my first comedy club. Yes, it is on Zoom, but it still counts at Nowhere Comedy Club. Uh, It counts because honestly, capacity wise, like hundreds of people can come. I once hosted a show for Nowhere Comedy Club. It's weird I can say I once now because it's been a whole year of Nowhere Comedy Club existing. But I once hosted a show for Mike Rubigley on Nowhere Comedy Club with 800 people. So, you know, I'm not saying that I expect 800 people to come, but if 100 people get tickets to my show on April 15th, I will wear the costume that I wore on the cover of my album, the Space Alien costume. I'm not saying you want me to wear it. I'm just saying I bought that costume specifically for the album cover. And I wouldn't mind wearing it again. Or if you, a hundred people come and you don't want me to wear that costume, you can also tell me, please don't wear it. Basically, I'd love for you to come. Um, to get tickets, you can go to nowherecomedyclub.com. Um, the show is tomorrow when you're listening to this. This podcast is coming out on April 14th. The show is on April 15th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. It is live. You'll get to see me do a full headlining set. So that's like, I'm going to do about 45 minutes, maybe an hour. We'll see. But um, because I have my wonderful friends, Jess Tom and Troy Walker on the show, who honestly are funnier and more successful than me. So I really should be opening for them. Um, but they graciously agreed to do be on my show. And I'm so excited to just have a good time with all of you and all of them. Um, also, I'll be doing self-care comedy, returning to that uh, Comedy Quarantine 2.0 stage on April 19th. So come to that if you want. But please come to my show on April 15th. And if for whatever reason you really, really actually want to come to the show, but you just don't have the funds, you can't shell the $10 out, DM me, please, because I prefer to fill the audience with people that like my comedy, that like me, that I like. And if $10 is an issue for you, message me. I'll find a way to get you in. I'll pay for your ticket. I'll ask them to comp you. We'll figure it out. You know how to email me. Tell me anything, prod at gmail.com. Once again, if you haven't gotten my album, you can do that. Bandcamp, uh, TeresaLeeComedy.Bandcamp.com or iTunes. It's called We're Still Doing This. Every joke I wrote in 2020. Um, the prices are different on iTunes and Amazon. I just can't set them and they kind of go by track numbers, which is awkward because it's like I think my iTunes album is more expensive than like very famous successful comedians albums like Mike Birbiglia. Um So if you get it on Bandcamp, use code CONFIDANT for 20% off. It will be cheaper that way and... Oh gosh, I'm not even going to stop recording. That was my alarm clock. (laughs) It was Ariana Grande, so very true to brand. Um, Anyways, that's just my reminder to buy my... (laughs) Not my alarm. My reminder to you to buy my album. We're still doing this. Or stream it on Spotify. If you don't have the cash, you don't need to buy it. Please don't stretch yourself. Please. It's a hard time for everyone. Please pay your rent. Please pay your bills. You know, take care of your health. Buy your pills. Whatever. Um, But you can do a free thing, which is rate and review it on iTunes. So give me a five-star review, write a nice little review. Um, the more detailed you are, the better. It will help the algorithm greatly. And um, just things to look out for in the future. I know things are opening up again. I have no live shows to announce yet, but you can always see my upcoming shows at TeresaLeeComedy.com shows. I do plan to put out some spring merch. I had a lot of fun making those hats last year. I, uh, I will make more announcements of that as we go. I guess I should call it summer merch. It will definitely be summer merch by the time it comes out. Um, but yes, just join my mailing list or check out TeresaLeeComedy.com for those details. And enjoy this episode with Deborah DiGiovanni. I had so much fun with her. We both cried. Um, she's like one of my favorite comedians, like as in I'm like a huge fan. And uh, it's really cool that she came on my show and got vulnerable and we had a great time. Um, and you can also watch Deborah. She has a Zoom show on the 21st. So enjoy this episode. 
your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. This is You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where comedians confess something they want to get off their chest, and we talk about it. And I'm very excited for my guest today. She has a show coming up on the 21st on Zoom, and you can find out all that information by following her at Deborah DG on Twitter. Uh, it is Deborah D. Giovanni. What's up? Hey. Hi, Teresa. <laughs> Hello. I didn't even slip in the twin, the twin part. That's always my... Yeah, not- Favorite part about, no, we don't talk about that, okay. I don't know, we can, we can absolutely talk about that. But it's true, I always forget that it's like, I mean, you're an identical twin, I am not, but still. <laughs> I always still, love, the chosen, it's weird, the chosen like, people. with twins, I don't know if you have this too, but like, I just like note when people are twins, like, I note when people yeah. are twins, or when they have, like, when they have twins around, like, uh, you know, Whitmer Thomas, his uh, mom was a twin. Yes, mom like, was a twin, I know. And anytime, like, it's like, it, twins come up around people who have twins in their lives, and then I'll just be like, "Yeah, they have a twin." And then other yeah. people who <laughs> don't have twins will be like, "How do you know all that?" I'm like, yeah, "Because we just we, know. We you know. can just pick each other out of a crowd. There is an yeah. energy. There definitely is an energy. Uh-huh. It's that desperate, you know, to be <laughs> an independent, like me better energy. Uh-huh. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. It's like I am unique, but I know I'm me. not. But uh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Uh, but Deborah, talking about unique, I like to start with a good confession as a way to sort of get to know you and just have a positive note to begin with. So is there something good you'd like to confess? Yes, there's something good in it to confess. And you know what? I've not, not a lot of people know this right now, but I have a boyfriend and I haven't had, I know, I know, I haven't had a boy. And this is why it's such a confession. I haven't, I've been alone for a really long time. And yeah, I, I have met haven't during the pandemic, no. I have met, haven't we all, I have met the best man. Oh my God. Oh, oh my, my God. God. And that is the confession. My boyfriend is, he's so, he's so great. I am like, I am, see, I am cuckoo in love. I am just. I love that. I love that. I, too. I can tell it's like you, when you're really in love because with, with comedians, when you don't talk about it, that's yeah. when it's going really well. And I'm like, I didn't know this. I know, like, I know. Oh, it must it's have been like, going really well. It's almost been a year. Well. It's almost yeah. been a year now. It's like we sort of, yeah, I guess we would have started chatting in like may oh my god ah. so yeah it was pandemic kind of you guys met over the pandemic. pandemic yeah he slid into my dms yes. on instagram what i yeah, love that yeah, so. it's kind of my i have a boyfriend too and i'm very in my it's weird because i became a boyfriend girl over the pandemic and i wasn't that before in that yeah. like my brand not on purpose but people used to be like oh Teresa's always going through a breakup like <laughs> with someone that she was never officially dating like that yep. was the vibe you know where yeah. it's like it's like i'm going through a breakup but you were never together but and- yeah but that yeah <laughs> but my and my brand let's be honest my brand for 20 years has been i'm single uh-huh, so now uh-huh. i'm all like fuck i don't really know what to <laughs> I, know. Well, I have to change the brand up but, that's but okay. no i love it because i feel like yeah. over pandemic that ha- kind of happened i mean there's like obviously so many shitty things that happened over pandemic but i think low-key a lot of people who like had to deal with a lot of things like really mm-hmm. saw it through because i'm like Oh, this is wild that I become a person who goes, my boyfriend, my boyfriend. I know. That, oh, you know even, even just saying the term my boyfriend, like even saying it to you, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> my boyfriend. <laughs> you know, I'm choking on it a little oh bit. because God. Yeah, very foreign to me. Very, I haven't I said that expression it. in a really long time. Oh, my God. That's yeah. a huge one. That's so good. Yeah. Um, well, this, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, but this podcast, yeah. I started because I started going to therapy really late in life. And as a Asian American, it wasn't a big thing in our, um, in my family. And once I started going, I was like, this is great. I love just having someone to talk to and getting things off my chest. So that's sort of what inspired this. Th- that being said, I am not a doctor. This is not therapy. Please do actually, you know, do whatever you need to go see a therapist. But... I do like to ask my guests, like, what's your experience with therapy and how do you, or if you don't go to therapy, like when you're having bad days, how do you cope? Do you have like a confidant? Like what's your sort of like, you know, self-care routine? I am a a very big fan of therapy. I have been (laughs) in therapy now, I would say pretty consistently for 30 years nice. i just i'm i'm a big i'm a big fan of therapists my best friend is a therapist um when in the course of us being friends we've been best friends for like what now like 27 years and she just became um licensed about seven years ago so in the okay. again, i actually <laughs> i actually wait so just she wasn't this now. licensed oh so she was in yeah. training so before. she was like so yeah she was like in school Ooh. and whatever but she did it slow because you know she's married she has a child yeah, and yeah. um yeah so but during like when she did her master's when she was you know getting her whatever degree mm-hmm. um like i i spoke at her master's like i did i like literally performed at oh her my master's God. Yeah, I know, so cool. because it was like, yeah, she was just 
it was doing a lot about, you know, like a lot of sort of the things, the problems that sort of bonded us when we first met, Aww. you know. I didn't so know that was a thing. So they have like a show for... Yeah, this one, no, this was, this was very much like, this was, she was in sort of like this sort of like very like rogue kind of like hippie sort of okay. school for it mm -hmm. and it was just like you know they pre people present their masters often you know okay gotcha. so in the presentation she presented the you know the the big wordy stuff and then it, she was like and now for something different i would have that's great you were the you were the case study <laughs> i was in literally i was yeah. <laughs> but, um yeah so no, i um, i love therapy i am i just i really i feel like there should be a law i feel like everyone should have yeah. to go to therapy for five years it's, you I know, I just, so. I really do. I just think it would help everyone. I'm always shocked when people are against. The, I, I feel like one of the biggest things you can um, a, a tell in a person is if someone says to me, yeah, I don't need therapy. It's like, Ooh, I mean, oh, that's yeah. get away from that person. If someone thinks they don't need therapy, you are dealing with a very, very broken person because yeah. it, it, you just, I think everyone needs it. Everyone could benefit from it. Um, but I also don't think that everyone needs to do it for the, their entire life or for 30 years or whatever. But I think like five years, once you become an adult, yeah. like once you hit like 25 or so, five years of therapy is just... It's like it second puberty yeah. a little because you go through, you know, yeah. all your emotions and hormones yes. of puberty and then you're like Ugh. an adult and yeah. you need to process. And it's actually, I feel like so many of the experiences I talk about in therapy are universal, but they're not... I don't know how to explain this. The universal trauma that there's like, there's a universal like low level of trauma that everyone mm -hmm. has. And then yes. obviously there's like high levels that yes, like really yeah. people need to treat more, which I do fall into that category. But like the, <laughs> low, the low level is like, everyone's got a little bit, everyone's got that weird story from like when they were four that for some Absolutely. reason they can't, you know, look at daisies anymore and it's not it's not <laughs> that, because that they, things, yeah, everyone, everyone's got, everyone's got like a, a basic bitch level of like, you know, trauma, you yeah. know, everyone does. Everyone has a problem with a parent it. or a sibling yeah. or whatever, absolutely. I don't think you make it through the world like living yeah. at all without without something. So yeah, I think so too. I think like maybe between the ages of like 30 and 35, that should be the therapy years and then you're, and then you're good. Uh -huh. My therapist now, my present therapist now was when it was, you know, saying like, you know, I would, I would maybe, you know, the last couple of years, I'd like to meet someone. And he said all the time, he's like one of the absolute, you cannot, it has to be on the list of what you're looking for in a man is they have to have been in therapy. He's like, they, he's like you, you can't date anyone that hasn't been in therapy for at least two years. And I'm like, okay. And so, yeah, there you go. That's interesting. Yeah, I've been, uh, my boyfriend's mom is a, was a therapist. I think she's retired now. So that made me be like, okay, when can I okay. meet her? Like, I want to work with her. <laughs> but, like, oh, really? but I do think, like, so, but we've talked about he doesn't go regularly now. And um, recently, because I've been going so much in the, during the pandemic for, like, more specialized, like, healing trauma. Mm -hmm. And that to me, I was like, oh, that opened up a whole new world because I'm all for like talk therapy. But what all of a sudden I was like doing like treating specific things and seeing like the kind of progress you see when you're like, I'm nursing my broken bone and I can yeah. walk. So then I was like, I think because uh, it's always tricky to tell someone to go because for me, it's like I don't think he needs to go for, to fix problems. But I was like, I'm learning languages that you should learn to speak with oh, yeah. like you know what i mean oh, like yeah, the way yeah. that i talk it's about it because it brings you up to the same and... level it like brings you yeah. up to the same level like it is very much and again it's like you know in in relationships there is i mean such a difference when someone is emotionally evolved like yeah. when someone is emotionally mature uh it's it's a it's a whole different thing it's not like it's you, because then you can communicate. You don't fight in the way that you used to fight when you were younger and just like, you know, raw all the time, you know, it, yeah. it, it, yeah, it just changes things. But you're right in terms of like when you start attacking like specific areas of trauma, mm -hmm. that's a whole, that's a whole different thing. It's so that's exciting whole, in a way yeah. that makes me feel, I, I don't know. I wasn't a big athlete growing up, but I loved watching sports for some reason. I think Watching sports, I've equated more to the arts and like theater than I think sports fans would like me to. But I'm always like, it's like, you know, you didn't necessarily crush the set or whatever. I'm like, you didn't win the game, yeah. but you're a good athlete. Yeah. Like we all know. Like, But um, to me, I sometimes think of therapy that way because I'll like learn specialized skills. Like, oh, this is how I need to get through, you know, this exact uh, PTSD trigger that will yeah. happen. And then when it's happening and I'm in a safe space, I feel like I'm literally like, all right, we're going yeah. into sparring. You're killing it. Yeah, let's yeah, see yeah. how it goes. Yeah. yeah, and it's so wild to think of it that way. But I, yeah, and, and you also, and I think too, you also like go through um, uh, 
peaks and valleys in therapy. Like you definitely yeah. have therapy sessions where you go, I don't really have anything to talk about today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and that's usually those are the ones that are the best ones that you end up sobbing when you're like, I have nothing to talk about, and then wrong. But yeah, you kind of like you know, and it's because I think people, I think people start going to therapy because they're sad something mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. and then they go to therapy and it's like that's great whatever gets you there but then it's like after you get over that sadness whatever comes over comes after it is when the real sort of when the real change is made you know yeah it's a bit of a bait and yeah. switch because it is. yeah you go in a crisis but when you're in crisis yeah. mode that's not when you're in your reasoning mode Mm-mm. so then they put a little band-aid on it and you figure it out and then yeah. that's when they're like now now Let's stick dig around. in, and you're like, <laughs> I thought I good. was good. I didn't know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, well, <laughs> we kind of talked about. Okay, I'm not gonna get too into all the things okay. we talked about before the pod, but I will because this is uh, related. I during my uh, trauma therapy this year, I've like really got a lot of repressed memories back from my heart surgery as a baby. And that was wild because it's like, Mm. it makes sense as an adult to be like, of course, when you, (sighs) even if I was under and I was a baby and I don't remember uh, being cut open as a child is like traumatizing, but it's so silly to think about now because it feels so disconnected. But when I finally like connected the feelings of like, it was sort of the feeling I get when I get panic attacks, like I can't breathe, I'm gasping. And, and that connected to these memories which when I talk about repressed memories, I know there's so many schools of thoughts. Like, I don't know. I don't really believe exactly that everything I saw exactly happened, but it's what my brain felt at the time, you know? So it connected really strongly to the feeling of like going under and going to surgery and sort of like losing my air. And that was wild because, you know, for so long I was just like, I'm just emotionally unavailable like everyone Mm. else in New York. And I, you know, I just have my commitment issues and that's just how I am for the rest of my life. And then suddenly it was like, oh no, but you were like cut open as a child. And actually that if you address that, you can be loved. And I was like, whoa. That's that's huge. I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps. It's true. And you know, when you're saying about repressed memories, again, it's like, I believe that, but I think I think when we say that, a lot of people roll their eyes and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, because they're like, oh, well, you're it's molested. Like, yeah. It's like, well, some you know, people were, but it's not just that. No, yeah, and it's also, it's true. It's like, you know, um, you know, like when you, you'd said about, you know, of sports and athletes, you know when someone says to you, your muscles have memory? Yes. So so does, you know, your body yeah. holds memories. It just does. It just it just does. So it's like, you know, in, in times of trauma, you know, we are our bodies and our brains protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out. Sometimes it comes out when you don't want it to. And sometimes yeah. it comes out in therapy. And sometimes it comes out with work. And sometimes it doesn't. And that's why, you know, the you know problems ensue. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, memories memories stick around. They're, they're in there. You know, they are... They, 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 they are absorbed into our whatever, our muscles, our psyche, our soul, or whatever, you know? I love, there's a joke that, uh, I'm not going to quote your entire joke back to you, but I always think about this, but your joke about crying, like crying on command in, in front of your friend yeah. and how you were like, I can't stop. I always think about that. But I am curious, like, because, I mean, all your jokes are so hilarious, but I love, to me, they resonate also because there's like, the, the the part where it's like a little bit of coping where I'm like, oh, yeah, it's funny oh God, to me, yeah. but also it's funny because also I've been there on the other yeah. side. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, is that so like outside of like, like in terms of expressing emotions, are you someone who feels like very freely, like when you feel those feelings, it's like, let me let it out because this is how I process. Or are you like, yeah, let me hold it I, I definitely like I was as a child, I was considered sort of a crybaby because well, I wasn't, I was only considered a crybaby by like one of my tormentors. Oh. But it was, you know, I, I was always sort of like uh, very open to express how I was feeling. And then I went through a phase of not crying at all, okay. you know, and then not and then going because back to therapy. Because you were feeling and then, like subconscious yeah, about it? Yeah, of course, you know, protecting yourself. And then, yeah. then, I, then I started going to therapy again. And then it was, then there was a lot, there was many years of just like, Tons and tons and tons of crying. And now I think, now I'm tempered. Now I'm like, now I kind of, you know, cry when it's appropriate. Sometimes, like, sometimes it's just like, you know, when you get on, you know, get on, uh, connect with your therapist and it's just like, okay, you just cry because your body's like, I really, I really need this. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I am, I don't have any trouble expressing my emotions. I really, really don't. And, and comedy has always been for me. And that was one of those things too. It's like, you know, people ask, it's like, how did you, how did you develop your persona? And I'm like, dude, I, it, it's not a persona. It's You're just, like, it just it's came out. You know I mean? it just, no. it just, yeah, right. It's like, this is, I didn't even mean it. Like it was just one day. It just, 
I started getting really honest and I was like, ooh, and then it just, I've never sort of pulled back. It worked. And then I was like, oh, okay. And it is, comedy is definitely very therapeutic for me and definitely very like, there's often times where I'm like, I probably shouldn't be revealing this much, but then I'm like, yeah, whatever. I mean, what else? What else? Who am I saving it for? It's well. I also like that. Say I'll also add on to that and say that it's therapeutic for others as well when you're good at it, which you are. Because I think oh, there's a, there's you. a difference yeah. when you see like new open micers going on stage and you're like, oh, you do need therapy, but also like you also need to write better. And yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. When they're just screaming their pain and you're yeah. like, listen, I love it's this. It's not helpful. I love this. They're feeling worse. They feel like, worse because they're much. not. They're yeah. bombing <laughs> and it's like they're expecting totally, totally. the validation to help them. But yeah. I think truly what you're talking about, which I agree with, is like. The comedy helps you process your feelings yeah. in a way that's like eloquent enough for others who can't do that to yeah. then connect to you and to connect process. exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing, and that's why I've, I've been very fortunate in my career because I do have this sort of gift of um, connection. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, um, like you know, when where I grew up in Toronto in comedy, where I started uh, comedy, uh, you know, I grew up with uh, a gang of guys, right? So it was okay. like me and a bunch of dudes that are still my friends, and you know, good comics, but they they always had this like thing of just like, you know. One of my friends we used to tease because he never failed. He killed every set. He never. I, ne I never saw him bomb in 15 years. I never saw him bomb, and we were always like, "Fuck you, man!" Like all uh. the. But after shows, people come up to him and go, "That was really good," and people always wanted to hug me. Do you know what I mean? They'd be like, "Oh my god!" and. And I was just like, oh, yeah, don't, don't kid yourself. Like, that's a, it's a different thing. You know, they shake your hand. That was really funny, man. But then they always wanted to, you know, you remind me of my best friend from grade school. Or you remind oh, me of my favorite teacher. And I'm like, you betcha. That's it. But and, that and sounds like more their thing sometimes. Yeah. But I totally, yeah, I know what you mean. Because then you, once, it's so obvious if you, the pattern of you, you're doing shows like that over and over that you notice. And then mm -hmm. that one audience member will just be like, Oh, I didn't think about it. You're like, you're yeah. overreacting. You're like, no, you're like a no. pattern that I see over yeah, and over. That's exactly, you exa You are a pattern, a human pattern. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, well, I really am excited to get to our confession. But first, okay. we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll get to that. And we're back. Oh, my God, what a fun little break. Um, Deborah, <laughs> I'm so excited to ask you this. Is there anything you'd like to tell me? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, okay, now how deep are we allowed to go? I feel, I feel like we're allowed to go. As long as you want. Truly, it's, the world is your oyster. Just know mm. that no territory has not been covered, but whatever you're comfortable with. Because I, I do think, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, I've cried on this podcast before, um, so don't be afraid of making don't me be, feel bad. Okay, but, okay. You know. I, um, I, you know, what, what will I confess? What will I tell you? Um, my, my mother uh, passed away just over three years, almost, I think it might be four years now. I'm not good at timeline, I have to tell you, and I feel like the, the pandemic doesn't help. Mm. Like my brain is like, did it happen a week ago or eight years ago, I have no idea. But my mom died um, definitely three years ago at Christmas, and I never mm. had, I never had a good relationship with my mother. I never did. I, I was, you know, I have a bunch of uh, siblings. I have three sisters and a little brother. And um, as, as we mentioned before, I am a twin. And mm. I just, my mother was very close with my twin sister. Oh, wow. And very close with my twin sister. And um, I just, just wasn't. And I have a, I have a whole theory of um, twins, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if oh, we yeah. want to go no, into it. But I, are you the first or second? Were you first or second born? I am born? the first. And I, yeah, oh. I, I definitely, uh, I'm, I'm interested in unpacking. But first I want to say I'm, I'm so sorry about your yeah. mother. I mean, thank you. It is, thank you. My mom, yeah, my mom, um, it was cancer. It just, at the end, it was, we were glad because it was just so awful, you know, as cancer is. Mm -hmm. But my, um, yeah, so I'm the second born. Okay. And um, it was just, you know, I have a whole theory about twins where, you know, the firstborn is often the one that, you know, mom hmm. takes care of first. Right. You know what I mean? So uh -huh. this is and, and it, that was true. It's like when, you know, when we need to be held, it was always my mother took my twin sister, Joanne, and I was held by whoever else was there. My <sighs> father, the nanny, uh, you know, a, a sister, a cousin, somebody. So it was like so it was it was I was very much a second choice t to my mother. Oh, and also to at the time, my mother, you know, um, my, my mom didn't want to have twins. Mm. She didn't want to have twins. She'd already had uh, two kids and um, there was there was a, a, a pregnancy before for us that didn't make it. And so like, I think my mother was kind of just like, you know, it was, um, it was a lot. And so she didn't really yeah. want to have twins. 
and my dad really wanted boys and all of this. And so it just, it just, I kind of like my, tra- I would say my trauma started very, you know, in utero. Early, like yeah. it was very from birth. Um, so and my mom and I, we just never really got along. We just, we were that kind mm-hmm. of um, relationship where, you know, I know she loved me. I loved her. Mm-hmm. But like one of her favorite things to say to me was, I love you, but I don't like you. That's wow, what, that's, that's, yeah, this is, we had, yeah, we had a, we had a hard relationship. So Oh, what man. I'm confessing, okay. Well, is, uh, well, I um, want to. Okay, yeah. wait. Can I pause real quick? Because yes, there's please. so much there. But um, I and also, of course, you know, like as a twin, I'm like, oh wow, there's a lot yeah, going yeah. on here. But um, I'm I'm interested in when when you might be getting to this, but because you're saying like you didn't have a good relationship and you knew it started early, when did you first like sort of feel that? Because as a child, you're not always aware, you know. Yeah. Um, was it very prominent? As I, a I feel child like it was. Up? It was prominent young, but you know, I also too like my memories really probably only start maybe around five years old. I don't okay. have a lot before five, and I, I don't. I don't think that's too unique. I think that might be mm-hmm. a lot of people. But yeah. it was. I knew. I knew. I kind of knew right away. It's like we were just very, very separate. Like. Um, uh, like okay my twin sister we're very different right because we are fraternal and joanne as a, as a girl was very blonde mm. and um i am not i'm very dark but my mom used to like joanne would wear you know hair and ringlets and ponytails and my mother used to like just shear my hair off like oh. i just and i just i was like why mom? I'm like you're rambunctious what? and it just it was you know it was very as a, as a child it's as a little girl it's you know it's traumatizing and yeah, yeah. so it was just very it was just it was very known to me that she liked joanne you could better feel than like different you know yeah how did, and it was how also was it very, with you and your sister was joanna like gloating about it was just no and that was the thing and then jo- but joanna and i were best friends yeah. like she was like you know we were we did have the twin bond but there did um which i, I became to resent much later in our lives mm. but um like i was jo- also joanne's keeper like that was it. and that okay. was sort of a job given to me by wow. my mother that she was like you look after joanne and even though joanne was the older twin only by eight minutes i mean please uh-huh. not older she was still the first twin but i was always i sort of acted as the big sister yeah so you know uh and my twin is um she was a shy kid and i wasn't mm. and she was very you know um sort of meek and i wasn't so she did she required a little bit of protection and that was me that was my job because my I am old. I mean, I'm older by two minutes, but yeah. in Chinese, you call the older sister and younger sister different names. So, like, really, the identity of Jeje, which is older sister, like, I, I took that on, and she was Mei Mei. Yeah. But she, almost, I don't like the when you're saying this. I was trying to think if I could transcribe this, but I think in a way. So my, I always felt like I was the outsider, but I do actually think that my mom, when we were younger, tried to make me like that golden child because mm-hmm. I do think my sister always felt like more needy but as we got older i i don't think i wanted to play that game so i would kind of distance myself and be more independent in a way where now as adults i find that my sister and my mom have a much closer relationship now interesting and in a way where sometimes i feel like there's still a trauma bond which i love them both but there's like times when i'm like oh like you know she was helping her with like financially for a lot longer than she was with me yes things like that and i but i felt like the keeper a lot like i always felt (sighs) like I learned things on my own, and then my sister, who was younger, would, you know, find herself in situations where she's like, I don't know what to do here or this, and then I would feel and like... And you would come and help her out yeah. or show her what or you... Almost Absolutely. guilty, like, if I didn't do something, then she would get hurt, and it would be my fault. And... Totally, totally. And that's and that's how, same thing with me, that's how it was. It was just sort of like, Deborah, help her. Deborah, do this. And it got to, um, you know, I was her, like her physical protector. If anyone thought it would be like, back off of my sister. Like, it was just, it was very much, wow. and then it was like, Joanne was, she was a bit of a, a fearful child. Mm. So there was, you know, and I mean, because I grew up in a big family, like I shared a bedroom with my twin sister until mm-hmm. I was 18. Do you know, until we moved out yeah, of yeah. the house. Like that was just what we did. And I was desperate for independence. Like I was. Uh-huh. Me too. I mean, that makes sense that we're the ones that ended up yeah. in comedy. <laughs> right? I was not a surprise. Not a surprise at all. 
what is it? She, but she wasn't though. Like she just Joanne uh-huh. was, you know, she wanted to sleep together every night. Can we sleep oh, together? And I'd be like, no. I was just desperate to be. Uh-huh. I was desperate to be alone. Like a story that I've told before um, that always makes me giggle is like on their first day of school, like whatever it is, um, JK Junior Kindergarten is what we mm-hmm. called it in Canada. Um, so like you're like I don't know, maybe four, maybe five. And okay. like, you know, mom dropping us both off and Joanne crying and clinging to my mother. Aww. And apparently I just got up, walked into the classroom, <gasps> looked over my shoulder and said, see ya. Bye. And walked and just, <laughs> bye. Oh you know, that my was, God. and she screamed and cried not to leave. And I was like, oh, I'm out. Bye. But so I was, I was, I always wanted to be, you know, um, independent. And then as you know, as we, we did when we went to college, I was like, I moved right to away to Toronto. College? No, and she moved, she went to a different school about like four hours away from me. Okay. But it was like, for me, I was like, I don't live here anymore. Yeah. I, like, I, yeah, I, when I moved we out at 19, too. I was like, see ya. And she did it. Like, and she went home, same thing. She went home, huh. you know, every summer, home every weekend, you know, and then even after college, went home and lived with mom and dad for a bit. And I, like, <gasps> that was it. I was like, oh my God, this I'm is out. so wild. I'm right? like, is you're like weird? turning. I mean, I know you have theories about it, but like, this is the first time I'm, like making that parallel and I'm like there right? you, you're onto something because it's I mean that's what I'm saying so it is and it is because it was like you know she was very bonded with my mother okay so fast forward all these years um <laughs> you know and I there was a long time in my life where I just didn't have any relationship with my family at all okay. um just I just did it like there was did you feel that because it sounded like you had other siblings older as well what, what mm-hmm. was there more than just being different than your sister that made you feel like an outsider or are you just really out looking for that's a good question that is that is like it was definitely the twin was the, the foremost that was in the okay. forefront of everything i had a good relationship with my little brother mm-hmm. um and then there was my eldest sister uh is troubled so, wait, and so, so you had the younger, i did i sort of you, i have yeah, two older sisters my twin and, and then my uh, little brother how and um so, how far apart are you and your brother like god um me and my brother two years Oh, okay. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, so. My little, we're I mean, pretty close. My we're pretty close in age, all of us. Was eight years younger than us, but I, me, and him were really close. But we both were queer. I mean, he came like he was so much younger than me. Like, fortunately, he passed away when he was seventeen. But he um, oh. had come out like right before that, and I didn't realize I was queer most of my life growing up, even though it now seems obvious. So now, when I go back and I think about how different I was, I sometimes do attribute it to that but I don't think that's totally it you know like that's yeah. like the easy answer to be like well I was the bisexual one so I was the yeah. you know black sheep of yeah, the was, family yeah. but, in- but it does it, it does but it also doesn't it doesn't not make sense you know what I mean that yeah also, yeah yeah um, I'm but the sorry, twin thing makes oh oh thanks it's it's um, yeah it's, it, it's sad but it's okay sorry I mean we've talked about it on pod before no, no. so I'm just glossing over it but I, no. I sometimes I forget that you know, when I talk about things in comedy that I assume people know, and then it's oh, like, yeah, 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 just very, it's like, like cavalierly, no, like, yeah, my brother's yeah, dead, yeah, yeah. and people are like, yeah. what? <laughs> You're like, Ugh. I guess, I okay, yeah, I but... Um, so... But yeah, yeah so, so you went yeah, to college. Not, not, not the best. So it was like, all, me and my siblings were all like, except for obviously the twin, we're all around two years apart from each other. Okay. Right? You know, very, very tightly uh, uh, spaced. Um, and so, yeah, so my, my two older sisters, you know, was, you know, okay yeah. relationships with, and then, then it stopped. There was something about mm-hmm. when I turned about 25. Oh, gotcha. Like, and I think there was just that moment where it was just like, I don't know. I think, I think you have a, a moment in your adult life where you realize... I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, where you, you have this relationship. Where you go, child. well, I don't need to yeah. spend time with people that don't like me. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. that kind of thing, you know? I mean, not a, not a coincidence that that was around roughly around the time that I met my best friend as well. Because it was just like, you know, I, I think there is, I think there is a point in your life where you get, where you realize, oh, no, no, my family are just people mm-hmm. that are just trying to survive their life mm-hmm. and made their choices to do, you know, whatever. Um... But yeah, so, and then I, so I really kind of cut myself off from my family from oh, wow. about the age of 25. And then, Was you know, it my an mother... active, um, like a gradual or act? Because I, I think most people moving away from college, especially far away, you'll have like sort of a gradual yeah. independence. And then if, like, I didn't have the normal functional family like that, but I see it happening when people move away and come back and you naturally kind of reform the new relationship as adults. And I think in families like your, I mean, our families are so different, but in the parallels that I can sense, there's a sense of like, it was never totally a clean break. And then you come back and you're like, this should have been broken, but this part still, and they don't see me as an adult. 
And then yeah, you have to actively like chop some strings. That was down. it's exactly it. Like at first, you know, you move away and you miss home because you miss home. That's it. Yeah. You, you're still a teenager. You still miss home. And then you know, uh, and then sort of visiting became less and less. Mm. And then I just I re- I remember like I I mean I remember a dramatic you know twenty two or twenty three year old you know visit home where mm-hmm. literally like walked in. My mother said something to me. I turned around, put my coat back on, and walked out the door. And like was like bye, and then left. How I does just that walk, feel? Because like, as a walked child- to the train station and that was just like oh I'm done you know I remember like just being like I'm not I'm not doing that anymore and so then it really became you know I became the one that just didn't visit and you know how did she react to that because I think that that's something that I've thought of doing many times when I was younger and then the first time you actually set a boundary did it did it did she have a reaction no you panic I mean you panic like I remember like you know like this is many years before cell phones but like I remember like getting home to my you know a place in Toronto, my apartment in Toronto, and like calling my boyfriend and crying and crying with my oh. roommates and being like, oh, you know, what did I do? Kind of thing. But that's, you know, it was, I mean, I think probably my mother was always a, a person who, uh, my mother did silent treatment, right? So that was okay. always her thing. Like she just, so. So she didn't come back and try weeks. to like, oh, no, no, no. She wasn't, she back. wasn't, she wasn't chasing. Okay. So it was like, okay. And then, you know, and then, and then years passed. And then, you know, um, and then I started doing a lot of drugs. And then mm. I, you know, started keeping to myself because of that. So I already had a rift and then it just became more that I was like, well, I don't like you and I don't want to be there anyway. So I'm not going to even bother. And then it started being like, you you know, feed it um, a little bit, right? You feed the, the whole, like, it's like, you know, that there's something family related, but then it's, you can like, I mean, it sounds cliche because I also, I drank a lot and I went through a phase where I, not an alcoholic, but I tried to go to AA and I realized that even when I was sober, I still had these problems. So that's how I found out I wasn't an alcoholic, but I did like go through a phase where I was using alcohol in that way. Like I was trying to fill that void and like, but if I become the thing, the stereotypical like drunk person having fun, Mm -hmm. then I can blame it all on, you know, all my issues on the alcohol. Absolutely. Blame the issues. Absolutely. But I also think there was, there was also a little bit for me was like, how can I make my mother mad? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, I, re- I do feel like there was a large part of my life where it was like, what will piss off my mother? Do you know what I mean? Like, and that was... Yeah, that's the that's trauma bond, it, though. That's the need yeah, for some... It's like, even though you know you don't want the relationship you had, oh, you still need it to be oh, God, like, yeah. in control. It, 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 totally. Like, even through all of this of, like, hating, and I don't care, and I'm independent. I mean, all I wanted was my mom to love me. Like, I just desperately wanted to be seen. Yeah. You know, just desperately wanted to be seen. Like, there's a there's a lot of that. It's like, you know, you know, being that sort of kid that, like, left, and, like, yeah. I do whatever I want, and I, I smoke weed, and I, I'm getting tattoos, and I live with my boyfriend, and, like, it was just, like, all the things that my yeah. religious mother hated you know, all of those things that I started comedy and oh uh-huh. my God, she hated it so much. And it was, it was, you know, just all the things, like just everything. Like if I would have, the only thing that I missed and, you know, because it's, it's not true, but it's like, I wish mm-hmm. that I, all I missed was like coming out as a lesbian. Cause that would have been the thing that pushed her. And I was like, Oh, should I take it? Nah, that was, it. It was like, I do to make my mom mad. But That's no. funny. Cause uh, I never, <laughs> when I, when I did eventually, I, I was so much older, like out of the house when I came out and I, didn't even know if it makes sense to like come out because yeah. I wasn't at home. But when I, I had a, like a, I was dating a girl at the time. So I'd like, I was like, I'll tell her. And she completely yeah. like, quote unquote, forgot. And later oh. I had to remind her and she was like, I didn't, I don't remember that. And I'm like, you showed you photos. You said to me earlier that, um, we kind of brushed by, but when you're talking about when your mom said, um, like, I love you, but I don't like you. And, yeah. and that really stuck with me because of the, like, the words that, I mean, words I think are my love language. And I feel like maybe for a lot of writers, they are too. But um, that, like, oh, that, like, punched me in the gut yeah. when I heard you say that's, that. That's why, that's one of the things that I, it sticks with me. I say it because it's like, that's imprinted on who I yeah. am. That's imprinted on, I mean, that's, it's like, and like, you know, you have those moments where you go, do you even know what you're saying? Yeah, but did like, she not Mama? say, so she didn't say anything like that to your, your older sister? No, no, no. It was just, yeah. Well, it was, yeah. It's interesting. It my, so my, the, when you say that, cause I'm like, I see myself as like really similar to you in the way that I reacted to like trying to get out. But then I, the tactics, um, when you said that, I was like, my mom used to call, this is so long ago. And so like, if my, if my mom's listening, she's come a long way. I love you, mom. <laughs> and you know, really therapy has helped, but that doesn't erase 
truth and the facts from the past. No, so I will continue. But my sister, yeah. so my sister, she used to call her like Tomei, which means like stinky little sister. And I think she would tell us she did it in, in an endearing way, but she never called me that. And my sister would cry. And we were really little, and she'd be like Tomei, Tomei, and my sister would cry and be like, "I'm not to, I'm not stinky," and things like that. She would say, and then she it would slits. ask my. She would like ask my sister if I was doing drugs and I wasn't, but it was like a weird thing because she never asked me if I was doing drugs. So things like that always made me feel like, is she trying to like create a riff? Like, is she jealous of our bond? And it wasn't until I was an adult that I was like, it might not have been conscious, but I think 100% she was. But I don't think it was so malicious, but it is so interesting, like how parents can be jealous of like a twin bond. Yes, know? absolutely. And it's also true because again, it's like, it's another one of these things. Anyone that's young listening to this, your parents are just people. They're, they're literally just, we give them this sort of like pedestal because their parents, they're not. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a mom being jealous of her, of her children's bond. Of course, it's normal. It's like the same thing. It's like where a father is often jealous of the bond of the mother between the kids. Yeah. It's just, they're just, they're just people. And also too, it's like, because I am, an older person and my parents, you know, my God, my dad is still with us. God bless him. He's 85. You know, it's like, it's a very different generation. So it's like mm -hmm. my parents grew up in a generation that you don't, you don't do therapy. That was, it was just, my mother used to call you therapy hocus pocus. She's like, oh, you know, she, at your emotions yeah, she, and continue like that. And <laughs> absolutely. You shut up, you keep it inside yeah. and you do not air dirty laundry. That was the thing. So that there was no, there was no therapy. Like, and her father was an alcoholic and her father, mm -hmm. you know, like there's all sorts of trauma. And my mother just, you know, they just sucked it up, you know? And so even when I started going to therapy, my mother hated that. So it's like, Okay, Same, so yeah. all this confession, I'm getting away from the confession, but this is okay. what it is. This is just the backstory on this confession, I mean, which may I've, not seem I've, like I've that been, big I've right now. I've been living this. You know? a lot of confession already. Already, it is. This is all the confession, the whole okay. thing. Um, but then, yeah, so um, very distant from my family. And then it happened where um, where my mom, my mom had, my mom had lung cancer, like previous to it really making her sick. Okay. And it was just sort of like, she had lung cancer, there was two years of treatment, and then she was fine. And then she was fine for like three years. We were all like, oh, mom kicked lung cancer. Yay. Mm. But then there was when mom got sick, um, when it came back, mm. it was, I remember, like she literally, and I, I've told this story before, like a couple times, um, where when the lung cancer came back, my mother literally called me mm. and was just like, the lung cancer's back. And I was like, okay. And she had a moment and she was like, do you want to stop hating each other? And oh. I was just like, yeah. Wow. Okay. And this was, this was very huge for me because also at this time I'd, I'd been sober at this point yeah. for about a year. Cause I've been sober for five and a half years now. So, um, I had just gotten sober and so, and she just said, you know, do you want to, and that was it. There wasn't even talk wow. of like, because of, and you and blah, blah, and all of that. There was no like, yeah. let's, you know, hash it out. She just said, do you want to stop? And I was like, yeah, I do. And that was huge for me wow. and for her it was huge and so then i in the last year and a half of her life i spent more time and talked to my mother more in 18 months than i had the previous oh, 40 so you know so it was and I, I feel so grateful it's one of those things that i'm just like i'm so grateful for that and then you know going home and like spending time and like going by myself because i mean i for years would go and be are you coming home for christmas and i'd be like yeah and then christmas I day i would lie and go i miss my train Wow. And they'd be like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, okay. And it just, that's what I did. And then I went going home and spending time with them alone, just mom and dad and me. And like, you know, there was a lot of, and I, I told them that I was sober and it was mm -hmm. amazing. They both just went, okay, great, good girl. And I was just like, it, it was, it was, it was huge. So I'm very, very grateful for that last um, year and a half. Um, and how, that how long we have were you able guys to not do that. Talked, but when, um, like outside of like, you know, family functions and stuff, when, when she called you up that day, like how, how long had you guys like not like was were you in the habit of talking we, to each other? We no when we like we spoke okay. My twin sister talked to her every day of her life. Mm -hmm. Uh and I used to talk to my mom maybe once every three months. Okay. That's like a quick conversation. Is, I talk to my mom a little more than that now because I've been trying this year with therapy stuff, but my sister and her like talk so much everything. And yeah, so it, yeah. it is that this kind of thing it. where I'm like Joanne Joanne spoke Joanne spoke to her literally every day of her life. Yeah every day of her life so that was you know like the trauma bond it's like that is joanne i mean it was huge so um yeah we went to like quarterly phone calls 
to like, you know, actually yeah. having a relationship. And, you know, and it was really good because, you know, we really made amends and. Yeah. But you're like limited. I, like, it's yeah. like, you, yeah. you have a, like a timer goes off and then you're like, gotta go mom. And I'm like, yes, that was, like, that was yeah, exactly, yeah. that was exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, and then in that last little bit, it, it was that sort of like, um, you know, before making the amends, like when my mother would try to talk to me and she'd be like, Oh, you know, I know I was a terrible mother. And I'd be like, yeah, you were, but let's move on. Do you know? Like I was never give, I was never going to say yeah. no mom. I was like, no, you were, yeah, you were a terrible mother to me. And it was just that. like, they love oh, yeah, yeah, like, I'm not, I was bad. I'm not, and you're like, yeah. I know it's gonna help. This is not helping. You were, yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not giving you this one. You were. You dramatized me, and yeah, so fine. But then, and then, so the last year and a half were wonderful, and then I spent the last Christmas of my mother. My mom died on January seventh, and so we all spent the last Christmas together, and it was wonderful and brilliant, and I'm so grateful. Uh, You know, I like I went home from my dad's house like on the 29th of December, and then you know she passed on the seventh of January. So I was just like so grateful to have seen my mom. Um, so that being said, you know, the, uh, the funeral was actually, you know, wonderful, which is so strange because they usually are, they're weird. And then you have mm-hmm. a wonderful time with your family. And we did my whole family. just had this great time. Cause my mother was like, please just have fun. That's what she oh, wanted nice. for us all. And we did. But then since then, so now it's like, I'm serious. Like, I can't remember. Is, is, my, is it three years or four years? That's part of a little years bit. In a, God damn it. That I'm going to say four years grief, though, because time does warp itself after events and not always like in a i'm not saying like you're in grief now but in the sense that like when big things happen even with like the pandemic as a general like you know most people who haven't been through anything traumatic losing loved ones can get their sense of time warp. So it, it I is. It is. So that, that, yeah, exactly. Because really... it kind of freezes for a second, and yeah. then you start going, "Did that just happen yesterday, or was it?" Yeah, anyway, and you dream. The... <laughs> I don't know if you have a lot of dreams um, about lost loved ones, but that I feel like that was a big thing for me is when there's people who go away. Like I'll dream about oh, yeah. them, and, and in my, ways yeah, that my feel mother's really often real. in my dreams. Yeah, and they're sometimes so confusing where it'll be like they're. In my mind, I in the dream, I know they're gone, but they're back, and they have yeah. an explanation for why they're back, or they're like a child version of themselves, and that can oh, really wow. mess up your time. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, time went exactly yeah. again. That kind of throws it off. But so now, fine. So like, my dad, you know, is is doing much better, and uh-huh. everyone, you know, we're chugging along in life. And again, it's uh-huh. like, um, uh, you know, my twin sister spoke to her every single day, and yeah. you know, to be honest. My other two sisters, I think they did too. Mm. My eldest sister spoke to her every day. And my second eldest might have spoke to her like maybe like three times a week, mm. you know. But I never did. Mm. Like even even in the last year, I never did. And so I guess the confession is, is like, um, you know, people, of course, I'm sad that my mother is gone. You know, of course, I'm sad that my mother's gone. But I'm also glad because it was the, she, when she past like she had lung brain and a oh. bone cancer i mean it was oh, bad yeah. so it was like we were glad because you know she was in so much pain and uh, yeah. so that but at the same time it's like i always feel so strange because um because my mother was such a large source of my trauma mm. her being gone is is a bit of relief in in mm. my life do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, and that is, and this is a confession. And as I'm saying, I'm like, why am I saying this? Because this is so no, awful. It's, and but it's, it's, it is and it isn't, though. It is and it isn't. Yeah. I mean, of course, I miss my mother and I don't want my mom to be gone. And of course not. And I'm sorry for the loss of my dad's life yeah. and my siblings' lives. But there is like, just coming from like a therapy, the, the just knowing that, that it's, it's over and we ended on such a good note. Yeah. That it's like, it's really been, it's really been healing uh, yeah it's it has it's been healing because it's it really is because then it's like we left on such a good note and now i don't have to worry anymore mm. and there's that whole thing of like i don't have to worry about like the the, the angst of like the relationship mm-hmm. with me and my mother is gone now do you know and now it's it's gone and it just it just feels it, there's a freedom now in yeah. it do you That's know really where it's beautiful. not like I imagine she feels that way too because I, I was just gonna say, and like yeah. I bet you, I I bet any money that my mother is kind of going. I'm so glad I left on a good yeah. note with Deborah, and now we're done. Do you know what I mean? Because she's the one that called was, and said that, and, yeah. and you know, she, it, I think, she wanted it too. She wanted yeah. it too. You know, she really wanted. She knew that we had a rift. She knew that it was hard, and so and I think I think there is that sort of like, and you know, and and I do, and I often feel, you know, in the, in the confession of it is like I feel guilty often because you know my. My twin sister, you know, mm. they still, my siblings still talk about, you know, I miss mom so mm. much. And like my brain always goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, because, but, but it's like, 
it's it's different for me. You know, it's just it's different yeah. for me. And that is a that's something that I you know I always feel it's nice to say it a lot because I do I always feel a little guilty. I feel yes, miss my mother, but like I didn't realize how much my siblings, mm. like my twin sister, like still cries over it. And I think you know now like four years gone, I'm kind of like, oh okay. You know, and it, and it feels, it makes me feel like a bad person. But mm. then at the same time, I know in my heart mm-hmm. that, you know, we were good and you know, we really got to say goodbye to each yeah. other. And that now it's like there is sort of the, I don't know, like I just, I feel like a lot of changes yeah. have happened and like more progress in my personal it, emotional it life sounds like you have happened in the last present. four years. It sounds like you became present and not saying like that your siblings necessarily aren't, but there is a sense of like, when you're still needing the parental love from your mom as an adult, it's very hard to truly fe- like feel that independence as an adult, which mm-hmm. sometimes we're forced to do too early, right? Like when you feel like you're the odd one out, you are forced to like find your new family early. And yeah. that can be yeah, traumatizing because yeah. you feel shunned. Yeah. But then in a way that sets you up, like I think a lot of comedians have that in that, you know, when you realize you're all alone on stage and you're the only person who can get yourself back up, you start yeah. to feel invincible and then you can deal with people in your life like your you know parents or anybody that maybe you didn't have the perfect relationship in a way that is more objective like you're not yes. needing them to we all still want the validation a bit but you're yes of course you, you don't do need everyone it does to be yeah. okay but, but there is like I, I i kind of hope for my sister that yeah, that it dissipates that. soon yeah. do you know what i mean like i really do it's kind of like i hope that that missing of mom goes yeah. away soon because we all miss like it's like you know what two and a half years after mom passed away the movie the farewell you know with aquafina came out and then have you seen that movie um oh my god and then it was a beautiful movie and at the end of that movie i stood outside the theater with my friend zach noe towers and cried like a child and like and still moments like that still happen where it's like something will trigger me and then Mm. you cry and i go oh i'm crying because of this is i'm crying because of my mother but it's not and i i hope i hope that for my my sister and I hope it for my sisters yeah, yeah, that they yeah. are able to kind of go and say, okay, you know, because they, and especially because they had such good relationships and it's, there is, there is a bit of, there is a bit of independence now that mm. it's like, I kind of hope for that for you, you know, I for my sister. I think that they'll find it. And I think the yeah. hardest part is you having been the caretaker for so long. I yeah, think yeah. you have to like, it, it is weird that you have to realize like you have to let go even when you know they're falling because they almost expect, someone to catch them it's like yes you yeah. hope they don't fall but like the only way for them to learn is to but fall. you're gonna have to yeah you're yeah, gonna have to if you, you know think about and you that's fell, it and I, you know like yeah. not literally but like i'm i'm now i'm like talking about myself but i'm like i fell and i was okay so when why do i get so scared when i think about my sister on her own falling because i don't yeah. want her to go through that but then at the same time it's how i got out it's so, how, and it's and it yeah. is kind of the only way to do it too. It's like it's like just it's I mean again if we bring back to stand up, it's like you can't yeah. teach someone how to be a stand up. Like when someone says to me, What do you do to become a stand up? I'm like, the only <sighs> thing you can do is get on stage. The only thing you can do to get on stage. You can watch as much yeah. as you want, you can take a class, you can do whatever you want. You have to get on stage. You've got yeah. to be on the stage by yourself bombing. You have I was to. like coaching a, I mean, not through stand up, but it was mostly, I did this like kind of silly bit to coach New Year's resolutions last year. But one of the, my clients was, um, wanted to do stand up, was new. And I, one of the assignments I gave him was like, you have to bomb five times this month. And because <laughs> I was like, it's a win win because we always yeah. think avoid bombing, or especially when we're starting out early on, you want to like, be better than you are. It's like, you will be probably, but if you think my goal is to bomb and then you don't bomb, like that's a win. And yeah. then you got to do it again. Like it means- And you- then when you bomb and you live, you're fine. Everybody, yeah, yeah. you go through it and you get over it. And then yes. and then you have fun doing comedy again. You know, that's yeah. just- Then you're not scared. That's what it's that feeling. No. Like if, some, if, if you told me an athlete went through their entire career and never lost, I'd be like, oh, I would be scared of that person, not because of that they're good, but because- Either either they've got some crazy like cheat power or that they're so wound up. Like imagine that's the something. Fear, oh my god, the they're pressure. gonna they're gonna blow up. Gonna oh blow my god, up. yeah, yeah. They yeah. should they need to lose now and then no. know what it feels like and then be like, I won a hundred times and lost once, so now I can go back to winning. Like, but if yes, you're like, yes, absolutely, can't do it. I can't lose. And because and, and it's, it's paralysis, and that's it's yeah. paralysis. Interesting that we say that too because it's like I do feel like in this sort of thing that it's like at some point you have to stand on your own two feet and go and say, okay, you know I'm. 
I mean, my God, it's like we're, you know, we're not young. And I still, mm-hmm. I still hope that for her, you know, I still yeah. do. And so do I feel guilty that I can say that, you know, um, there is relief in the, you know, the fact that the, the sort of the troublesome, uh, fighting, angsty relationship between my, my mother is, is really solidly done now. Yeah, I feel guilty. But at the same time, it's like, I know, I know how yeah. it ended and I know how I feel and, um, you know, your truth. But, I don't yeah, think I do know my truth. Guilty. I do my, do know my truth, yeah. but I can't, I can't pretend that I'm not like there isn't a part yeah. of me that kind of goes, Whew, that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I think that's, okay. <laughs> I think the truth is we all want to say and do the quote unquote right thing according to like, you know, movie magic, but like it, it it's true. Like you didn't like, okay. The logical thing, whenever I go like, am I the crazy one? I go, well, if, if I'm the crazy one being like guilty, that would mean that I as a child decided to ignore all the good upbringing and wonderful resources just so that I could get to this point later yeah, and no. later. It's like, <laughs> of course not. Of course Absolutely as a child not. you were yeah, yeah. willing to accept love and ready. And so like no. everything brought you here because not like it's all one person's fault, but because you were trying to keep yourself safe. Which That's means it. That, Stand yeah, to survive. That's no all we do. There's no reason to feel guilty because you, you kept yourself safe and you got here. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, I think it speaks volumes that when your mom reached out and said, do you want to stop hating each other? Like, mm-hmm. it's not just that she was like, do you want to stop hating me? Like, yeah. her, it implies that she understands. She understood. What That's she exactly. Done. Oh, my God. Yeah. What she's done and what and and it matters and she cares and it's too much to say but yeah oh i'm sorry but like oh my god i didn't even like that's you're the first person that's ever said that holy shit and that's the hard part because you want to be seen seen, but people can't always it's a lot i mean maybe she wasn't in the place to be able to just say like i've done this but yeah. she can see that you're successful and a person and a well, you know, lot, you're right though, because person. it wasn't, it wasn't her just saying, stop hating me. It was, it was like hating each other. She knew that, the, that she had, had, a, had a partner. And oh had a God. reason. Teresa. <laughs> but well, it's she true. Knew though. You that's were justified. Like, that's... She knew yeah. that she was not holding it against you. How you no. Yes. And that was yeah. the thing too. And like, you know, again, it's like, I'm so grateful because I was also, and I'm so glad that I was able to say yes, instead of be like, no, you know, cause I could have, yeah. I could have. And then, and then who knows what would have happened from then. So I'm Aww, yeah, super grateful. So yeah, awesome. this is great. This has been fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed Aww. this. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, maybe ending on a positive note, if, if you want to share, like um, in the last year, you guys got to talk to each other. Was it anything yeah. surprising you guys talked about that? You were like a story she shared that you were like, oh, oh my God, oh, I, I didn't good. see her this way. Yeah, that know? kind of stuff. Well, you know what it was? Um, the um, This is yeah, this is nice to end it on a nice note. You know, again, I think we, I think we look at our parents like, you know, parents, they're not people. And, you know, my mom and dad, my God, they were together for 52 years, right? And so, you know, and and the relationship had been, you know, whatever. It's like 52 years is a long Mm -hmm. time to be together. And so they went through rough stuff and and so on. And But then to really see... Mm. how much my mother and father loved each other is mm. like, it's, it's what it's, I mean, that's the stuff that still makes me want to cry because I remember my mom, you know, telling me, and this is like when she's so sick and mm. she's bald and she's, I mean, she's so mm. sick and her saying to me that, you know, she said like, she loved my dad more than she ever had that she's like this. I love him more now than she said than our entire relationship. And she was like, not even just love him. She's like, I'm in love with him. And this is like my 77 year old mother. They've been together for 52 years. And it was just, it's just like, and just like hearing that from my mom was so beautiful. And then telling me, um, you know, earlier, it, 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 their their wedding anniversary mm-hmm. so it was like they were married in april and then mom died in january so it was like mm-hmm. their wedding anniversary she said to my dad she said joe which which was your favorite year of our oh. of our marriage and he said this one this one suit oh. you know what I mean? and it's just like and hearing my mom talk about it it's just like she never that because my parents were never like that they were never demonstrative they never did anything mm-hmm. so just hearing about like you know my mom was still a woman and still in love with her husband mm. and it was I never knew that I never knew anything like you just oh your parents your parents but mm. it was just so lovely to hear that like in the last you know really hard year of their life mm. my mother and father were really happy together and that my mother you know she never loved him more than she did then and it was just like yeah I need I, I needed to hear it I also needed to hear that you know so that was it was it was um yeah lovely i love that and it totally yeah. tracks as a way to like wrap up with you and your mom yeah. because it, it doesn't matter 
all this stuff behind it because it's the present that matters Absolutely. and how you exactly. feel now and Absolutely. how you end it. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow doesn't exist. It's only yeah. today. Oh, Deborah, yeah. I'm so happy you shared this. <laughs> oh, I, then me too. I'm so I, you know I love crying too and I, I do have to apologize for making you cry but I feel, <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> I feel, I feel uh, catharsis. Um, yes, and I, it is. I think the yeah. listeners will too. Um, I think this is a great place to end. I feel yes, like totally. we ended on a positive note. I, can you tell us where we can find you of all your comedy? Yes. And, you know, obviously. Um, do, do, um, I'm Instagram Deborah DG, like we said before. So it's D-E-B-R-A-D-G. And that's where I post everything. But, you know, there's a, there's a, um, I, have a, I, did a, I taped a short special on Epics last year uh, for Unprotected Sets. And it's one of those ones, it's one of those networks that you can buy for a week. Like, try a free trial for a week, so check oh, it out, because yeah. I really like the set. So you can check that out on Unprotected Sets from uh, on And Epics. you've got late night sets on YouTube. Oh, I, I think they're still all out there. So yeah, yeah look I'm, up there. They're out there. So many, so much comedy out there. So funny. One of my Thank favorite comedians. Um, and you can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod and follow me at Teresa Leebot on Twitter and, nope, on Instagram. I changed my handle. It's Teresa Leebot on Instagram and Larissa T on Twitter. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Thank you so much. <laughs>